welcome to the Career Glow Podcast, where we empower and inspire every girl to radiate with confidence in their professional lives while keeping God at the center. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Thanks for joining us today. We are so excited to dive in and talk about something that I really struggled with. It's culture shock when entering a new role, especially being a female in a male-dominated industry. So really excited to have you all. Ellen, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. My mom's in town. We are getting facials here shortly. So uh, just having a relaxing morning. Excited to uh, film a little bit on the podcast. How are you? Uh, that's amazing. I definitely wish I was getting a facial right now. I just yeah. came back from the lake, so I'm I'm burnt and peeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for vacation. Yeah, I still need to take you to Facial Lounge. It's uh, up in OC, and I feel like you would love it. Yeah, I definitely need to go. And sorry if there's any background noise. My golden retriever currently has the zoomies. So if you hear squeaking, barking, anything, <laughs> coughing, there we go. There she is. We'll have to <laughs> show a photo of Hessie for the listeners. She's the cutest oh, yeah. golden you've ever seen. Yeah, I, I'm biased, but I think she's just the best dog in the whole world. So. <laughs> yeah, she's perfect. Quick backstory on that. Ashley went out on a whim one day when we were sitting by the pool with our friend Corey and decided <laughs> she was going to get um, a puppy from Kentucky. And we were in Irvine at the time. So we literally flew to Kentucky to pick her up. And Ashley prayed so much to make sure that Pessie was pretty. <laughs> and she honestly is beautiful. <laughs> so she yeah. really lucked out. True story. I, I prayed that I got a beautiful puppy. How vain is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, super excited to dive in today. We're going to go through five tips. There's so many tips that truly we could talk about with company culture, but we're going to go through five. So the first one, we're going to talk about research. Then we're going to talk about listening loudly. The third thing, find a support network. Then we're going to talk a little bit about remembering that you're not an imposter. And then the last thing is just a reminder to do some check-in. So let's dive in. The first thing is about doing your research. So this is before you enter a company, but I just wanted to really highlight the importance of doing your research on the culture. You should have an idea before you accept the job of what kind of culture you're walking into. And we talked a little bit about it when we went through the interviews about asking about the culture and asking those questions to really see how the employees interact. So you should have some idea, but it's also your responsibility to do things like read books and prepare. So if you're going into a specific industry, you should do your prep work before you walk in day one to kind of know how the company is run, looking at the company's website and different things like that. Ellen, do you have any other tips? Yeah. Um, for me, when I was interviewing the challenging part was it was a little bit tough to understand what the culture was going to be like at the warehouse that I was getting placed at. Um, so just a friendly tip. It's totally okay to ask that in the interview. Um, I wanted to know if I could speak with someone uh, from the leadership team at the site I was going to, and they actually ended up um, connecting me with someone who I worked with later on. And he was awesome. His name was Anthony and he was leading the site at the time and did share that they had a really good culture, which made me feel a lot better accepting that job. So don't forget to ask um, or even maybe try to go visit the site at which you're going to work at to see it firsthand. 
that's a really great tip to try and ask to talk to someone. I think also trying to ask ask to talk to someone who's on the team that is going to give you a real on, honest answer because sometimes hiring manager or the boss that's trying to hire you is going to give you uh, maybe kind of a prettier version of what culture is like. So, so that's a great one. I yeah. also I also did a ton of when we first started with Amazon, I did research and there's so many operational words, some backstory. We both started out kind of in the operational world in a warehouse. There were so many acronyms they used. So when I first went to training, I took back those words and I literally made flashcards because I wanted to be able to keep up with conversations. So part of doing your research, if you're going into a like medical field or different things like that, it's making sure that you're prepared and ready to go, especially in that first, first week to really soaking in as much information as you can. And if you're able to, I would highly recommend to just those first couple weeks, taking time, even when you're, when you're at home to kind of get up to speed on what's going on, make sure that you're checking in with your learning. Yeah. And one last thing to add about culture. Um, it might be hard to meet the leadership team prior to starting or really get a gauge for uh, how they run the business. But I will say the biggest thing I've learned is people don't leave bad jobs. They lead bad leaders. Um, so leadership is so important. And I think it is what makes your job so much better when you have the great leaders around you um, that you want to work for. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then tip number two is listen loudly. So first part of that is the listen. So we'll see what Ellen has to say. My suggestion is at least for the first week, try and be a fly on the wall. Really listen and watch the interactions. You might be stepping into a culture where people act a certain way, do certain things. So the first week, just really take the time to watch, listen, observe, watch for people's interactions, watch when when there's a meeting, who's talking, what are they talking about, how much are they sharing about their personal life. Just really take that first week to listen and to really keep an open mind as much as you can. Going from college where you have a very strict schedule and probably at the university people are pretty similar to you and then walking into a role where you might be the only female or the people might be of you know way older than you or different things to so just taking that first week to kind of listen, watch, notate what's going on. <laughs> Ellen, do you have any other tips? Yeah. Um, I would say too, and this could just be how I am, but my first few months I listened probably 90% and then <laughs> talked or shared about 10%. And the reason why I think it's my way of showing that I don't know everything and I am trying to earn the trust of the team around me and really observe and soak in as much as I can. And then that way it helps prepare me for um, when I'm ready and I understand things a lot more, I can actually bring some valuable conversation to the table. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing. Maybe it's just my personality, but I can be pretty chatty once I know people. I think it just is that initial maybe 30 to 90 days where I really did spend a lot of time um, listening. And I do think that naturally helped me earn the trust of the team. Uh, a funny story, one of my really good operations managers. Um, I was so skeptical of him. His name's Adolfo. When he first came to my site, he <laughs> would be totally okay with me saying that um, because he kind of came in like 
you know, guns blazing, he was ready to go. And I was just like, oh gosh, he's another operations manager that I'm just not going to love working for. And he still gives me crap because the first few one-on-ones that we had, like he was like, Ellen, you didn't say anything. Like you, <laughs> like I talked like, he was like, I talked like 90% of the time you talked like 10%. And like, obviously the tables have turned and now I spend a lot of the one-on-ones that we still have to this day um, speaking during most of it and he doesn't share as much. And I do think like that was my way of kind of trying to understand like who he was and what he was going to bring to the team. And um, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And part of listening to, I think is that first week being really intentional about trying to meet everyone. So I'd highly suggest when you first come on to the job, see if your boss or maybe if there's a directory on your company website, try and figure out kind of who who's in your direct organization, who are some other organizations that your team might work with. And you can talk to your boss and kind of make a list of at least 10 people. I know it can sound overwhelming, but at least 10 people that you want to meet in your first week and try to set up meetings with them. And that's the time to introduce yourself to really understand who they are, what their role is on the team. This is part of that listening loudly where you're still listening, but you're making yourself known. So you're setting up those meetings, being really intentional, talking with people, talking about how you might work with them in the future and just starting to establish that relationship. Yeah. And I don't think you see that a lot when you go to different um, companies. I think taking the initiative and being proactive, setting up those one-on-ones with people across the organization is going to really set you apart, like Ashley said, and overall will increase your visibility and your network. And um, maybe as you move up or you move laterally across the organization, um, I think that's going to be huge for your career. Yes. And also wanted to note about this listen loudly. It sounds like it's opposite, but it also means that you're asking questions, right? So you don't want to just sit there and never say a word. You want to try to engage in conversation. And even though, like Ellen said, you might be doing 90% of the listening, you're still engaging. You're using your nonverbals, your body language to show that you're listening, you're asking those questions, and you're still making yourself known. So what happens to especially a lot of women is They want to really understand how to perfectly do their job before they enter conversations. And I want to make sure that you don't do that. So your first couple of weeks, I totally get it. 90% really do the listening, but make sure that you still are engaging and you're still stepping in because we see that a huge difference in males and females. Males typically are going to jump right in. Even if they don't know the answer, they're just going to jump in and do it. And ultimately they're going to learn and build those connections a little bit faster versus women tend to say, Hey, I'm going to take the first couple months to really make sure that I can excel at my role before I use my voice. So I just want to make a note of caution there because especially working with males, confidence is key and you need to be able to advocate for yourself. So try to listen loudly. (laughs) Yeah. And I know when I, like my first year of living with Ashley, I think I was still in the phase where I was really struggling to speak up. Like I had so much in me at work, not like in my uh, personal life with Ashley, but like at work, I had a hard time speaking up in a setting or in a room full of people and I like had it built up inside me like what I wanted to say and I just couldn't get myself to say it and Mm -hmm. so just a reminder like you are there for a reason they hired you for a reason they want you there and even if you have differing opinions that may not be the status quo or what everyone else is saying like sharing those ideas and thoughts and bringing them to the table is how we're all going to grow um, by challenging each other yes 
I love that. Perfectly said. <laughs> and then the third tip is to find a support network. So this includes like a mentor, role model, especially being a female, if you're working in a male dominated industry, really having that support group or that mentor that's a couple steps ahead of you to understand the struggles that they had and how to navigate it to kind of have that sounding board. I also think you want to find those people at work that are going to be what I call your cheerleaders. So these are people that maybe they're a couple steps above you, but they still are interacting with your boss or your coworkers and they have your back. That's the person like when you're not in the room, they have your back. They're going to be your cheerleader. They're going to advocate for you. So really taking the time to try and find that seek after the women in your organization. If you can't find any even kind of outside of your organization, if there's another team or another way that you can find a role model, someone who's able to speak with you or work with you. And then also sometimes groups have like, uh, we have a woman at Amazon, which Ellen, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, oh, yeah. where people can kind of come together and just create a support network of people that are going through similar things. Yeah. Touching upon um, the woman at Amazon, I led, it was my first year um, after uh, sorry, I started in my role. It was uh, the group called Women at Inland Empire. And the IE is a location like inland in Southern California that has a large density of Amazon sites. I think we had pr like closer to 40. Um, so my general manager at the time was female and she thought it was a really great opportunity for me to like branch out into the DE&I network and um, lead that group, which was, oh man, I was definitely challenged by that. But it was exciting, like having 40 females on the call each week and us talking through like what our vision was, what we wanted to accomplish from the group. And the main piece that most of all the females wanted support with was um, work-life harmony and then um, confidence and having a seat at the table. Uh, so it's just really neat because like once you hear that everyone else is also struggling with those things, it makes it that much easier to want to find a solve or go after a solution together. Um, so it was really neat being a part of that. And then kind of touching upon Ashley's piece about um, having a support network. I think it was really neat having Ashley. Um, like, again, we met our first day at work and then we got to live with each other for a couple of years. And like Ashley understood everything I was going through because she also worked in a similar setting for quite some time and not many other of my friends really understands <laughs> like what that day-to-day -day looks like and so it was super cool like having her as my cheerleader because you know whether we made it one year um at the company made it two years at the company I feel like we did such a good job celebrating each other and um if we had a hard day at work I remember one time I came home and Ashley had like a card and it said something about a sub event, which was just, you know, we had a challenging day at work and she was like, you made it through. <laughs> and like, I think you had like a cake or something. <laughs> um, so it's just awesome. Like having those people around you that really do celebrate the little things and it makes it so much easier to keep going. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I think having those people around you make yourself challenged to keep working hard, but also to play hard. So yeah. And part of it too, is just feeling like you're not alone because mm -hmm. so Ellen and I, we trained together, but then we were, I was in Arizona and she was in California for the first six months. And I, 
I called you several times saying, <laughs> I'm going to quit. I can't do this. And just hearing her on the other line saying that she was going through the same things made it feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I have someone who also understands how difficult it is to enter this type of environment. I have someone who I can talk to and work through these problems with. And it really helped me to stay and to have the courage to say, you know what? I'm not alone in this, even though I didn't work with her directly in a building. I just felt like I had that support network. So I would highly recommend like make it your goal and and pray and ask God to put people in your life that are going to be able to support and help you and really try to find those people that are on the same journey as you or a couple steps ahead of you to really help help you and kind of remind you that you're not alone. You can do this. There's a team of people that are kind of fighting for the same cause and wanted to note on that too. What you do in your role and how you interact with other people sets the tone for the people that are going to come after you. So as much as it's important for you to find people that are ahead of you and beside you to encourage them, especially as women, also look for those people that are coming in behind you and make sure that you are creating an environment for them that's better than when you started and really taking the time to invest in those people that are going behind you to make it make it better for them ultimately. And I, I think that's part of kind of, if we go back to our purpose of loving God and loving others that when we go through something hard, it's so important. Like, don't let that go to waste, share it with someone, help someone else. That's, you know, maybe a little bit further down the road or behind you, encourage them, speak to them, tell them about your struggles and how you navigated through it. Tell them about your mistakes and really pour into others as much as you can. Yeah, I I love that. I had uh, two female like college hires that came in the pipeline after me. And it was awesome. Like I was so excited to have them joining because like you said, you can share with them. You went through the same struggle, but they can see you a year later, two years later, what their trajectory can look like and how you can help them navigate the difficult times and really stick through. Like we want females in the operations space um, and speaking that truth to them, I think helped keep them, um, like grounded and they're, they're both still, still working for the company. So it's really exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Love it. And our fourth tip is to remember you're not an imposter. So this one is really important when you're entering a new culture, you need to remember, like Ellen said, that you were hired for a reason. You are supposed to be there. So even if everyone doesn't look like you, even if they're not the same age as you, even if you might feel like you are way behind and you don't know anything, remember that you are there for a reason. They hired you. You have a purpose there. Go back to that purpose and really understand that you are going to have an impact. It might take a while, but you're going to be able to catch up. You're going to be able to keep along with those conversations. You're not an imposter. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you've earned the role and you know, you're working hard. You're putting in the hours. If you don't have everything solved, you don't have all the knowledge you need, like be patient with yourself. It's going to take time. And I promise that they did put you there for a reason. You just might not see it yet. Yeah. And then our last tip is to do check-ins. So this I think is really important. When I started at Amazon, I entered into a culture that was not so great. And I had this purpose of, okay, I'm going to love others. I'm going to show them the love of Christ. And I did so great my first couple months. Like, yes, maybe 
after work, I was calling Ellen crying, telling her I wanted to quit. But when I was there, I was smiling. I was engaging. I was loving. And I kind of got the culture had a really big impact on me because a couple months in, I think it was around the third month, I just started to get really tired. I wasn't seeing results. I, I just kind of felt like, you know, I'm trying so hard to make a better culture and it's really not working. And I remember it was my third or fourth month in, I had an associate with an employee come up to me and was like, what happened to your smile? And I was like, whoa, like it, it hit me. I'm so glad they said up, but it was kind of like, whoa. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know. I, thanks for calling me out on that. And I really thought about that and prayed about it and realized, you know, I had let the culture get to me. And so I think it's really important when you start to have those check-ins with yourself to go back and say, you know, how am I doing? Am I, am I living out my purpose? Maybe you need to take a little vacation or get away. Uh, we call it hitting a wall at Amazon. Oh my gosh. I was going to say that is exactly <laughs> hitting a wall. <laughs> but just making sure that you do those check-ins, try and schedule them like every month at the end of the month, just check in. How are you doing? How's work going? And really, you know, also having that support system, I think can help call you out on that or maybe one of your employees will call you out and when you say check in Ashley like what are you are you saying for people that are like internalizing it too much or do you recommend them reaching out to someone else like what does that look like to you yeah I I would say both so just to give you an overview I like to do a check-ins at the end of the month on everything so I check in with my faith my finances family mental health. Like I have a full list of things to do and to check in on, but that's just my super type A personality. So for, for you who might not be as type A as me, just setting a reminder on your calendar, like maybe at the end of the month, check in. And that's your time to maybe take an hour, go to the beach. If there's a beach near you, go to the lake, go to a coffee shop and really just pray about how are you doing at work? How are you feeling? And then also having that support system to help you do that check-in. So ch- maybe checking in with someone someone else and just seeing how what they're seeing in you, asking them for, for any help. But I think a lot of times, you know how you're doing inside. And if I would have taken the time in my first couple of months to do the check-in, I would have I realized on my own that I had lost my smile. So it's good to have that accountability, yes, but also make sure that you're setting that time on your calendar to check in. That's the time to pray, to really think about how you're doing, and then also try to set, maybe take a day off, uh, you know, if you feel like you're starting to get worn down or you hit that wall. I remember you took, I think it was a week one time to like go to the beach, really get in the word and like figure out what was next for you. Um, I think that's amazing that you were able to recognize and see that that was something you really needed to understand like is it bringing out the best in you and like what do you want to do next yeah so a little backstory so i in arizona like i said the employee called me out of like hey you lost your smile so then i started to do check-ins and a couple years later i was doing my normal check-in and was like you know what this this job has really taken a toll on my mental health like it just really wasn't doing well and so i took the lesson from last time and i said you know what i'm gonna just take some time off and take a week off to really 
spend time with God, to recenter, to refocus, to get my priorities in alignment because I didn't want that to continue. And especially if a job is taking a toll on your mental health, like there's, there is so much about like, Hey, push through. And I'm, I think you do need to push through. It's going to be hard your first couple of weeks, but at the end of the day, if it's really affecting you mentally, if you're not doing well, it's so important to take that time off to refocus, to say, okay, God, where do you want me? And to get your cup filled back up because a lot of times at work, especially if you're trying to make a difference, especially if you're walking into a culture that's really tough, you're constantly pouring out, right? So you're, you're kind of, your jar is empty because you're constantly pouring out. So that's why that time to, which I, I think comes from God, but that time to refill your cup, to take the time to step away, to breathe, to relax, to refill up your cup so that when you go back to work, if you do, or maybe you switch jobs, that you're still able to pour into those other people. Yeah. And that's so good when you have an empty jar too, it's just going to start bleeding into the other areas of your life. Kind of like Ashley mentioned, like if it's affecting her and she feels super burnt out and empty from the career, then it's going to probably start affecting like her faith, her finances, her family, oh, yeah. which are all so important to her. So, Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, thanks everyone for joining Ellen. Do you have any last tips for people who are trying to navigate company culture? Um, I think one last tip would just be to share the wins. A lot of times we don't, broadcast what we're doing we think our work will show for itself but um, don't forget to share the wins you go through That's a lot a you're putting in so much time but um, you do have to put yourself out there and let others see what you're doing to wrap up when you're navigating company culture make sure you do your research prepare listen loudly find a support network remember you're not an imposter and do those check-ins Next week, we're going to cover some tips on setting good habits. So hope you join us. Glow on, girlfriend.